Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Cosmic Moments podcast. I'm your host, Chanel Denton, and together we're going to enjoy conversations and content around mastering transitions, manifesting abundance, and managing changes and shifts during times of growth. Join me as we learn from teachers, philosophers, entrepreneurs, both past and present. Welcome to Cosmic Moments. Today I'm with Candice Earle. Candice is a lover of kirtan and a teacher of mantra meditation. Mantra meditation has been described in ancient yoga texts as the most powerful and sublime way to meditate helping free a person from worries, anxieties, and stress, and transporting them into a realm of absolute calm, rest, and peace. Candice has been sharing mantra meditation for the last 15 years, and today she'll give us a deeper insight and understanding of this practice, the benefits of this type of meditation, as well as her personal journey to finding the joy of mantra meditation. Welcome, Candice, and thank you so much for sharing this with us all. The first curiosity for me is how you got involved in Kirtan and what attracted you to this practice. Mm, sure. Um, so I um, started to explore Kirtan meditation relatively young. So I'll take it back to my teenage years and I just graduated from high school. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, so I started traveling a little bit. And, um, you know, I started working in the corporate field and did a bit of traveling around Australia. I was looking for my purpose, mm. you know, I didn't know what to do in, with my life. And then I met my, my partner, who's, who is now my husband, Simon. And at that time, he was interested in different forms of healing. So he was exploring like Reiki healing and crystal healing and different things like this. And I had no idea what was going on. And I just kind of went along for the ride because I liked him, to be honest. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so we'd go along to these different, you know, what I thought was meditation at the time, but, but later on discovered but that, that they were actually pre-meditation techniques. But we went along to different things like, you know, full body relaxation, um, guided meditation, you know, focusing your attention, your mind on a candle, just basically exploring different things, right? Um and then he started to get really involved in the process of Ashtanga yoga that has, you know, eight limbs to it. And, and some of those limbs, um, the, first, the first ones are, you know, following a more moral lifestyle. So from that, um, he became vegetarian. He adapted a vegetarian lifestyle. His body was feeling healthier. Um, his mind was feeling more clear. He was doing pranayama, the breathing techniques. He was doing yoga asanas and he would do this for about five or six hours a day. Mm. Right. And I just, I still really wasn't that interested. I was just going along with it because I liked him and, you know, I was thinking, oh God, I'm spending quite a bit of time doing this, you know? <laughs> and I was still, look, I was just a young teenager. I was like, I was like 18. I was still into the party scene. So I was going out and partying three or four nights a week. 
and I was simultaneously working my way up in the corporate ladder. I was studying acting. I had so much going on in my life. And he would, you know, he'd invite me along to different things and I'd be like, uh, look, I'm not really that interested, but please don't leave me behind. Mm. I can see that there's something in what you're trying to do, but I don't really get it and I'm not really interested at this point. But then there came a big turning point for me and I was out on the town one night and I got really off my face. Now I came home the next day. I was sitting down at the dining room table and I had these tarot cards on the table because I was kind of trying to explore some of what I thought, you know, spirituality. (laughs) I was, you know, dabbling in different things. So I started dealing these tarot cards and this card kept coming up saying, you're going to have a falling out with your best friend. And I thought, well, that's a bit funny. I just saw her last night, you know. So I dealt it again. I dealt it three times. That same card kept coming up and I thought, oh, okay, I better give her a call, you know. So I called her up and... She was just like as cold as ice towards me. And I was like, oh, Emma, like, is everything okay? Because the conversation wasn't flowing. And she's like, no, not everything's okay. And I said, oh, what's going on, you know? And she's like, you know, when you were out in the town last night, you said something critical about my partner. And it just really shattered me. It really hurt me. And I've just made a decision that I don't want anything to do with you anymore. You're just so wild. No one can keep up with you, you Mm. know? Like, when are you going to change? When are you going to grow up, you know? And that just hit my heart like like a knife, you know? And I got off the phone and I just started bawling my eyes out. But it, it was one of the, the most amazing turning points in my life because I, I went into this reflective state and I started to question some things about life. What is the purpose of life? Like, mm. why am I here? Mm. Like, is it all about you know, getting an education, maybe, you know, getting a career, doing some traveling, finding a partner, having a family, retiring, and then dying? Or is there actually a deeper, more fulfilling purpose in life? And if I have everything materially that I need, then why don't I feel completely satisfied? You know, and I think if we're all a little bit reflective and honest, we can, and if we turn our attention within, we look within, we can say, oh, there's that bit of emptiness in my heart mm. that I just, I don't know what it is and I don't know how to fill it up. And no matter what I do with my life, I just can't seem to find that inner satisfaction. But I, we try and we try and we try. It's like that song by the Rolling Stones, you know? Yeah. It's like you've got this guy just standing on this stage in front of thousands of people and this guy has got so much wealth so much fame and fortune he can travel the world he's got girls galore you know all the material goodies that you can want but yet he's standing in front of a crowd and he's singing I can't get no satisfaction but I try and I try and I try you know and we don't even think about the lyrics really (laughs) yeah and he's up there expressing his emptiness yes so um so I thought well is it that I'm just not appreciative of what I have or is there actually a deeper meaning to life, right? So at that time I had a health magazine on the table because I was trying to make lifestyle changes but keep falling back into my bad habits. Yeah, so easy to do. So easy to do, right? So I flicked to the back of it and it had free meditation classes and I thought, oh, meditation. (laughs) I've tried that before but again something was really driving me to go and I thought okay look I'll I'll give them a call 
and it was this um, meditation center in Brisbane here. So I rang up the lady and it was a free meditation course. And I said, okay, my first question is, well, why is it free? Yeah. And when am I going to have to pay? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then she said to me, oh, no, look, meditation has always traditionally been handed down for free. And it's actually not something that's charged for. It's been handed down by meditation master to students since time immemorial. And I thought, oh, this is a new concept. I haven't heard of this before. Being coming from the business world, you know. Um, and I said to her, okay, well, that's cool. So the beginner meditation course is free, but then what about when you finish that? You know, she's like, no, you, you're never going to have to pay for it. Just come along and experience it yourself. So I remember I went along and the instructor was talking about how we're not this physical body mm. and that we're actually the eternal soul within. And I didn't fully comprehend it. Like it wasn't, a deep realization where I, I actually realized it as a truth, but it was enough to touch me, to just calm my mind and touch me that I just threw my head back and I just sighed like a big sigh of relief. Mm. Because when I analyzed my life, everything was revolving around me identifying myself as my body. You know, like I would put so much time and effort into my body my whole life revolved around it like I'd work really hard so that I could get you know sense enjoyment bodily pleasure you know yeah so that I could eat better food and wear nicer clothes and I'd just dress my body up to the max because I was into acting and and you know the modeling industry and the corporate world and everything I'd spent I just put so much time and effort into that and the anxiety that comes along with trying to make your body look good all the time yeah so when I heard that I just felt so relieved. I thought, oh, this is wonderful. And I wanted to explore it further. And the people that were, were teaching the meditation course, I could, I could perceive that they, they didn't want anything from me. They mm. just wanted to give. And that was something that I hadn't experienced before. You know, because if we look at, you know, most of the relationships that we have in this world with other people, there's some terms and conditions that apply. You know, it's like if you treat me a certain way, I'll treat you a certain way. You give me something, I give you something. It's a little bit, you know, it's kind of tit for tat, really. Yeah. To a degree, different degrees, right? But I could just feel that, yeah, they didn't want anything from me and they just, they had something to give. I could see that they were experiencing something within themselves, you know? And I thought, okay, well, what have I got to lose? I want to give this a try. So I took what I heard and the techniques that I got taught and I brought them home and I, I started to apply them in my life. And from that, I could directly perceive the benefits within myself. I could experience that my mind, cause it was woohoo, it was all over the place. It was so restless. It was going a thousand miles an hour. Um, I could experience that it was starting to calm down a bit, become a little bit more calm and I had more clarity. And I was experiencing this contentfulness within myself that I'd never experienced before. So before I knew it, I was, <laughs> this is really funny, but I was going to nightclubs still. Yeah. And, but I wasn't drinking or taking drugs. I was talking to people about how good meditation was. Like, <laughs> man, this is like the best thing since sliced bread. you got to give it a try. And I soon realized that the people that are going to those places, they weren't really interested. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I sort of <laughs> needed to change the environment that I was hanging out in. Before I knew it, not even consciously changing anything, these bad habits just started to fall away. Okay, but 
for people in mainstream that are partying and yes. the thought of not partying in place of going to Kiritan events, say, mm. that just sounds awful. Way out there. Yeah. yeah. And this is the thing is that I know that when I first started practicing meditation, you know, I was making different lifestyle choices. Well, they just came very naturally, actually. Um, because what you're engaging in is a process of purification. So the practice of kirtan meditation, it purifies your consciousness. It purifies the mind and the heart. So you just get to a, 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 a place where you're a little bit more conscious of the activities that you're engaging in because you don't want it to hinder your spiritual progress. So if you're spending time engaging in this process of purification and then you're simultaneously going out and partying and stuff, it's it's detrimental to your spiritual progress mm-hmm. but that needs to be a, a natural progress that somebody comes gets to and that's a gradual that's why it's de- described as a gradual journey yeah so it's almost like once you start practicing kirtan that you'll naturally start understanding what's good for you and what's not yes or you'll just your exactly. desires will change almost exactly for the better and I remember you know my parents would question me they're like Mike what do you what do you do for fun now like you don't drink and you don't party and you don't yeah but you know what like I don't actually need to do that anymore because what I realized what I was doing that for was to actually block out Mm. my worries and my anxieties and my concerns in life you know and sort of turn my back on my daily life because I wasn't happy in my daily life Mm. so I'm sort of like waiting for the weekend I'm like oh my god it's Friday (laughs) and then go out and party because I'm trying to run away from my life Mm. you know what I mean so and I said to them but I don't actually feel that I need that anymore because instead of me trying to suck happiness out of those particular activities I'm actually experiencing that within Mm. so I don't need it anymore but for them they can't wrap their head around it because they haven't experienced it. The proof of the pudding is in the eating. A person needs to start applying these wonderful ancient techniques in their life. And then they will... It's not something that you need to conjure up. There's a lot of airy-fairy stuff out there. But when you find a legit teacher and a legit process, a bona fide process, and you apply that in your life, you will naturally experience the fruits from that. Such as peacefulness, which, oh my God, like... Most people don't actually experience a moment of peace their whole life because the mind, if the mind is, is not controlled, if the mind is not calm, then that is going to cause you a lot of suffering. What was that moment, I call it a cosmic moment, when you were able to let go of all those things that you thought were what was fulfilling you and realizing the path that you really wanted to take? Mm. I'd say there were several moments mm. because it is a gradual process. So the more that you apply it on a regular basis, the more that you'll be directly perceiving those benefits. And the more that you directly experience those benefits, the more that your faith increases in the actual process itself. It's like stepping stones. So I wouldn't say that it was one particular moment, but mm. I would say that it was a series of many experiences that, yeah, increased my faith that this is real real peacefulness and happiness can actually be achieved it's not something just for the yogis that go and live in the himalayas you know an everyday person can achieve self-realization which is the ultimate goal of of yoga and meditation and i'm not saying that i'm fully self-realized because i'm not 
Um, but my meditation teacher is, mm-hmm. who's coming in a long lineage of self-realized meditation masters, enlightened meditation masters. From me following the teachings that he's passing on, I can see that it's achievable. Mm. You know, because of the changes that I've seen within myself and the changes that other people have seen with, within me, you know? So what does that, that self-realization really look like? Or when you see it in other people, what does that look like for someone that's never been exposed to this kind of world? Well, there's different stages. The first, the first real stage of self-realization, self-realization means understanding who I am, a humbramasani, that, that I'm actually spirit, I'm not matter, that I'm not this physical body that I'm not this temporary mind that's covering me and that I'm the self within this body. And so the more that we practice meditation, the more that it's uncovering this actual wisdom that is there within ourselves. So it's a bit like if you could imagine a diamond that's been mined from the earth. When it comes out, it's covered with a lot of gunk, Mm. you know, a lot of minerals and, and dirt and everything. And it needs a cleansing agent in order for it to be purified so that, that it's, it's full effulgence is exhibited. Mm. Right. You can see it's true beauty. And that's like us in a sense. You know, we are the eternal spirit soul that resides within the body, but we're covered by different material elements, meaning we're covered by this mind. We're covered by material desires, thinking that we can ultimately find happiness in this world if we pursue different material things. It's different for everybody. Mm. We have different material attachments to this world. Uh, We have karmic reaction that's covering us. We have misconceptions about what life is and what spiritual life is. And this forms a crust that forms around our heart and it covers us, the spirit soul. Because by nature, we are understanding our eternality, that Mm -hmm. we're eternal. We are full of blissfulness and happiness. But how many times a day do we really experience that, Mm. you know, and we're full of knowledge and wisdom. But it's like we're in a dormant state. We're covered up. Yeah, it's like we're in a sleeping condition. I'm mixing metaphors here. (laughs) But it's like we're in a sleepful state. And what happens is that the more that we chant, the more that it purifies this material contamination or covering around our hearts, and the more and more we get back to our natural state, yeah, of understanding who we are and living in that reality. So that's why it's described as a gradual process of purification on the path to self-realization. So then if you're saying that I'm not this body and I'm, you know, not this mind, Mm. so you're just a spirit or a soul having a human experience. Yeah. Then does it mean we don't, shouldn't care about our bodies or how do we... Okay, I'll take it from this angle. So everything that's living, there's different symptoms of life. There's the different symptoms of when the spirit soul is present within the body, there's certain life symptoms that are there, Mm. right? A tree, for example, it has a spirit soul. There is a spirit soul in that tree. Yeah, Mm. we can see the difference between wood, like that's you know being made into a table, and a tree. The Mm. symptoms are different, right? So that just like if you have a cat body or or a dog body, there is a spirit soul within that body that's acting under the laws of nature in that body. But there's a difference between plant life and an animal life and human life. So if we if we analyze what the animals do, right? They eat, they sleep, they mate, and they defend. Mm -hmm. If we look in the human form of life, what do we do? Same thing. Exactly. We eat, but everything's more polished, right? Mm. We don't (laughs) shove Mm -hmm. our our nose into a bowl and scoff it up. 
we have our nice <laughs> our nice ways that we dine. It's refined, right? And we like to sleep. I mean, look at how much effort people put into sleeping. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like how many stores out there all about bedding, the type of sheets that you have. We like to sleep, okay? Mm. Defense. Defense is huge. I mean, I live near an army base, so, you know, mm-hmm. I get a glimpse into defense and just turn on the news. It's like defense, defense, defense. Mm. What was the other hand? Eating, sleeping, mating. Well, we don't need to go into detail. I think we can all work that out. So, but the special thing about the human form of life mm. is that we've got an extra facility. And that is the ability to be able to inquire into the absolute truth. Animals do not have this facility. If you try to have a philosophical discussion with an animal or you try to teach them how to meditate with beads, they'll probably end up eating the beads or they'll just walk away. They don't, they can't. They don't have the intelligence to inquire about who they are, what is their purpose in life. But the human form is so unique and precious because we have that facility. So a yogi, I'm getting around to your question, a yogi doesn't neglect their body because they see their body as a vehicle that they can utilize. They want to look after their body. They want to take care of their mind because they see it as a a vehicle that they can utilize for their further progress. For making spiritual advancement it's difficult if you neglect your body and you don't take care of your mental and emotional well-being it makes it harder for you to contemplate on wisdom and the truth it makes it harder for you to sit and meditate so the mantra meditation that you teach is using uh, certain mantras could you explain mm. to our listeners a little bit about what a mantra is and yeah, what sure. it means yeah sure sure Okay, so um, there are different forms of meditation um, that are laid out in the ancient yoga texts of Adas. It's described that in this modern age, the most easy and effective way to meditate is through the practice of mantra meditation. So um, mantra, also known as mantra, uh, is a Sanskrit word. And when we break it up into two syllables, man refers to the mind mm-hmm. and tra means to free, to set free, mm-hmm. right? So a mantra has the power, the ability to be able to not only engage the mind, because if the mind is not engaged, it will wander. Mm. We we all understand that pretty well, right? Um, But it also needs to be purified or cleansed. So the more that we practice mantra meditation, the more that the the clutter that is there in the mind becomes uh, cleansed, the mind becomes calm. And when the mind is calm, we experience freedom from worries and worldly concerns and anxieties. So that's really the first stage of mantra meditation is experiencing that the mind becomes more calm, which is amazing because most of the time it's like we're just led around by this thing. And if and if the mind is um, in an agitated state, then it can cause us a lot of suffering. So could you give me an example of your favorite mantra just one mantra. Yeah, yep. Um, my favorite mantra huh? mm-hmm. is Chaitanya, Nichananda, Gohari. And another favorite mantra is Gopala, Govinda Rama, Madana Mohana. What do they mean? So Gopala, Govinda means supreme protector. Mm-hmm. And Rama means that which gives us an inner pleasure or happiness the yogis don't they don't deny that we can experience pleasure with our body Mm. you know i mean if you eat something palatable it's it's like oh this is really good if you watch a nice sunset it's beautiful Mm. you know so you can experience different sensory pleasures but yogis also 
appreciate that those pleasures come and go they're very temporary and flickering mm. and we're always looking for something more well what's next mm, more sustainable. Another, yeah something more sustainable something else that will can try to fill us up what we're really needing and what we're really searching for is a lasting happiness mm. and a lasting peacefulness uh, and that can be experienced through the practice of mantra meditation it's an inner happiness and until someone's actually experienced it through engaging in this practice it's hard to describe because it's a pleasure that supersedes that transcends any pleasure that you've had in this world once you've experienced it within yourself you just go that's it Mm. this is what this is what i'm looking for and this is what i want to cultivate this is what i want to strengthen this is what i want to grow this is real this is the most real experience i've ever had in my life This is the most natural experience that I've ever had. Mm. And this is it. And and I'm just tasting a little bit. I'm just at the beginning stages. It's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. It really is. Uh, And Madonna Mohana means supremely attractive. So when somebody first embarks on this process of meditation, they may not be that attracted to it. Mm. You know, because look, we've been living in this material world for God knows how long. And we're used to hearing material sound vibration. When we first hear spiritual sound vibration, maybe we're not naturally attracted to it or mm. spontaneously attracted to it. Some people are, and it's like diving into an, ace, an oasis, and it's like, oh, my God, where has this been all my life? But for others, it can take a little bit longer, you know? Yeah, it could seem also a little bit <coughs> cultish, you know, like yeah. weird people coming together yeah, oh, look. making noise together, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, well, well, really, I mean, if we look at it, the average person gets together with their friends mm. and makes a lot of noise. They put on music. Yeah, true. You know what I mean? And they party. Well, um, what, we're, what we do is we can spiritualize that tendency to associate with our friends and have fun and sing, you know, mm. through the practice of kirtan. I also like to have fun. I get together with my friends. We play musical instruments. We sing and chant these mantras. We have so much fun. You know, we have, you know, beautiful, healthy vegetarian food. Mm. We laugh. And it's just like, I love it, you know. Mm. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, so Madonna Mohana means supremely attractive. And so these mantras are all attractive, meaning that there's, there's two different types of energy. There is material energy and there is spiritual energy. So all the mundane sounds of this world come under material energy. For example, mm-hmm. you turn on the radio, you listen to the top 40 countdown, just all the different sounds in this world come under material sound vibration. And initially they may sound a little bit attractive. You know, like a song comes out on the radio and you go, oh, I dig that. I like that. That's cool. Okay. Would you, would you play that every day? No. You're limited. So material sound vibration gets old. We get tired of it. It can drain our energy. But spiritual sound vibration, when we hear spiritual sound vibration, these mantras, they're ever fresh. I've been chanting these mantras for 15 years. Mm. And every day they're becoming more and more attractive. It never ends. It's amazing. I started to read what's described as the cream of the ancient yoga text. It's called the Bhagavad Gita. I started to read that about 15 years ago. When I first read it, I had no idea what was going on. It was just Mm. all over my head. So confusing. Yeah, Yeah, it was like, whoa. But because chant regularly and your heart and mind are being purified, you pick up that book a year later, two years later, you read that. 
and you start to enter into it and start to understand what's being said it's profound it just keeps growing so those particular vibrations of those mantras they have translations um but often when you participate in these Mm. kirtans you don't actually understand does that mean Mm. that you're not getting the benefit from from the kirtan because you don't understand what you're saying you're just saying gibberish really like for the you know that's a good that's a good question um, a person doesn't need to understand what the actual meaning of the mantra is in order to experience a spiritual potency from mm. it. Some people like to know what the meaning is and there's, you know, it's nice to know what the meaning is. But what is important is how the mantra is received in order for there to be spiritual potency there. There's lots of different kirtan out there and a lot of people think that it's all the same. But there's a difference between how mantras are received. So in order for there to be the most spiritual potency and for these mantras to actually take us through a change of heart, for us to experience a change of heart within, they need to be received by a bona fide spiritual master, by an enlightened spiritual master, a a proper guru, a bona fide guru, Mm. who is coming in a proper yoga meditation lineage. Okay. So then how do you know if you're doing it the right way or if you're doing it in the right way? place or you're doing it that's why it's really important for people to question where did you receive these mantras who is your teacher spiritual life shouldn't be taken as something that's wishy-washy it's really deep and you're dealing with who you're going to subject yourself listening to and you're going to be putting these techniques into your life so you want to have the confidence that you're doing the right thing because Mm. how many people out there are teaching different forms of meditation and how many people do we know are legit right mm. so that's why it's really important to question okay well what's a person's qualifications for teaching this meditation who have they received it from are they applying it in their lives on a daily basis what are they experiencing so it's really important to to ask the questions and not just accept something blindly which is what i'm trying to say right yeah okay if someone's not understanding the mantra would they not get just as much benefit from chanting an affirmation? You know, I'm positive ray of energy or mm. I am love, I am healthy, I am, you know, mm. repetitive affirmation chanting. Mm. How does that differ to a... It, it differs because, um, okay, so and depending on what the affirmation is, there could be some benefit there, mm. you know, on your mental and physical well-being. Mm. But it's... It's not an actual spiritual sound vibration. It's still a material sound vibration, meaning that it can help a little bit on the material level. So, yeah, the practice of mantra meditation, which is a part of a a yoga system called bhakti yoga, which is described as being the topmost yoga system. There's many, many different yoga systems. There is that psychological connection between the mind and the body. And when you, the self, are feeling happier within, Mm. then naturally that affects your health. The complete package feels better, yeah. you know? Yeah. The Kiritan meditations that you host, um, mm. I've been so lucky to go to some of them in Brisbane, which they've been beautiful. And I love having you along. <laughs> <laughs> They're free. They're already yeah. free. So if you guys are in Brisbane, go and check out some of Candice's Kiritan events. I'll put some details in our show notes. Sure. How do you fund these events? Mm. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll take it back one step. So um, meditation... Mantra meditation has always been handed down for free, mm. yeah, and it's something that somebody should never pay for. Like, you can't buy, you can't charge someone for a for a, for a mantra, you know, because these mantras 
have descended from the spiritual world. So it's not like they belong to you or me. So you, they should naturally be passed down free of charge. And um, how it's sustainable is that, um, you know, the different events we do, like I contact different yoga studios and I just say to them, look, we've got this free community event. Would you like to host it? They give us the venue for free. Mm. Uh, we do hand out like um, meditation beads, like what you've got around your wrist there. We hand out meditation beads and, you know, there's different printing of materials for people to follow along with. My husband and I have a job and you know, that we donate to that and we're happy to do that for us to be able to pass on the benefits of what we experience in our lives. It's like our service to the greater community. You know, it's mm. like if you've, if you've got something nice and you feel a bit selfish keeping it to yourself, you know, <laughs> you want to like, you want to pass that gift on to others. So that's where the motivation is coming from. It's not a matter of joining anything. Like when I first started meditating my parents thought that I was in a cult mm. you know like oh my god she's lost the plot she's gone you know <laughs> like I'm just meditating you know what I mean but for them it was just so foreign it's just so it took them about 10 years to like get over that 10 years to actually realize that I wasn't a part of a particular cult or sect I mean I do have a bona fide spiritual master and and um, and I, fo- you know, I follow his teachings that he's passing down from the yoga texts. But it's not a matter of me declaring my allegiance to a particular group or saying that I'm a member of a particular group. Right. Spiritual life is a very individual, personal practice. You know, so once you find the right teacher who can guide you, mm. then it's a matter of you personally applying that in your life. And look, you'll naturally want to associate with people that are, have the same goal in life. Yeah. You know, like-minded. people do, like-minded people, exactly. But it's not a matter of, yeah, it's not a matter of joining a particular team. And I think that can people can really get lost in that. So does this mean that you subscribe to a religion now? Or, no. Or? There's a difference with how yoga, the yoga view of religion, and I guess you'd say the general view of religion, like... Mm. Most people, when they when they think of religion, they think of something that they can join, a faith that can be changed. Like, for example, if you were brought up and your parents were following a Hindu faith, later on in life you may decide that you'd like to follow a Christian faith or a mm. Muslim faith, right? Mm. So in the yoga point of view, we can, we can see, we can perceive that that's not an eternal, it's not an eternal thing because it's a faith that can change. In the yoga system, they use this word, this Sanskrit word, that's a little bit closer to the, what the true meaning of religion is, and it's called sanatan dharma, the eternal function of the individual's soul. And our eternal function, or nature, is, is us understanding our, our eternality, that we are an eternal spirit soul, and that we all have our own individual personal sweet relationship with the supreme so whether you follow one one process or another if that's helping you to make spiritual progress and come close to that goal of experiencing that happiness that the the happiness from the union see yoga actually means union and union refers to a relationship between two people and that's between you the individual soul and the supreme soul so if people are following particular religion or spiritual practice and they are finding that they're coming closer to that, they're feeling closer to the Supreme Person, they're naturally feeling more happy within themselves, then great, Mm. you know. But if not, then they need to question, okay, well, 
is what I'm following bona fide or am I not following it sincerely? The corporate yoga that you do. Yep. Espresso yoga. Yes. The natural boost. (laughs) My husband came up with that name, by the way. Do you incorporate chanting meditation in into that corporate yeah, sector? Absolutely. So a lot of um, mainstream studios and gyms that have yoga, you know, they don't do the chanting or they don't incorporate mm. the chanting in because it seems a bit woo-woo. Or, mm. or the instructors aren't trained in it and don't know how to pass it on in a way that is acceptable or, or comfortable, you know? Yeah, or they feel that it would make people turn away or think that is too much religious connotations or yeah. anything like that. Yeah, it just needs to be explained properly, that's all. Okay, so is that yeah. what it is? Is that yeah. it's the explanation of it? Yeah, just the explanation and um, it's keeping it simple for people. You know, like when I do my corporate classes, we do the breathing, we do our yoga asanas. They're a part of a yoga system to prepare the body and mind to actually enter more easily into meditation like that is their purpose so if you're kind of guiding people through this practice and then you're just sort of leaving them there and they're not actually getting a taste of the of the deeper Mm. side of yoga it's like oh it's it's kind of like you're like oh oh it's gone you know so you know i like to give people a full experience of what's available Mm. So at the end, after their relaxation, they come up and I explain it in different ways depending on the environment and the people that I'm sitting in front of. We've relaxed our mind and we've relaxed our body and, and now let us take our attention within and go on an inward journey, taking care of our inner well-being. So let's take this time out to allow our minds and hearts to actually rest on these, these spiritual sounds, these mantras. We inhale together and we place Om Hari Om in the mind and we exhale we say Om Hari Om out loud. Maybe the first time people are a little bit shy, mm. you know, some people just go for it. But by the second or third time, they're, they're relishing it. Mm. They look forward to that. And you can see it. They just like, they open their eyes and they're just like, oh, like a different person, mm. you know? Yeah, I love it. What's been the hardest part of being on this journey? I'll share you this really beautiful quote by my meditation teacher, Jagad Guru Siddhasrupananda. He says, the search for wisdom is a great challenge and to act on wisdom is an even greater challenge. And removal of fear and anguish from the heart creates the experience of real freedom. And just as the suffering caused by ignorance can never be described adequately, Neither can the joy born out of wisdom. The search for wisdom and the attempt to live by such wisdom is an ongoing eternal challenge. But it is real. And only the most courageous people will actually accept this challenge. The ignorant, fearful and lazy will remain as they are. Mm. So that pretty much sums up what my challenges are, right? Mm. It's like, you know, you wake up in the morning, you have the choice to just sleep in. I will do my bead meditation before I go out for the day because I have a certain amount of bead meditation that I do every day. You know, the perfect way to start my day is like waking up in the morning and just before I do anything else, okay, I brush my teeth and get a cup of tea and then I go and sit down and I chant my mantras, you know, mantras I've been given on my beads and that just sets me up for the day. Mm. Well, if I'm lazy and I sleep in and I don't get to spend as much time doing that, it's like I can feel myself as I'm a bit more scattered throughout the day and then I'm rushing it at the end of the day to try to get it in. So that's one of my challenges. A part of this meditation yoga system, as with all yoga systems, is disciplining the mind. 
So you go to sit down to meditate and your mind will give you experiences more in the beginning, actually, not so much now because I, I look forward to my meditation practice now. But in the beginning, it's like your mind will give you so many excuses why not to meditate. You know, mm. you go to sit down and then you're like, oh, I just got to check my phone or, oh, I'm hungry. It's like, you're not hungry. You just ate something, you know, <laughs> just all these different reasons. Oh, that, is that my baby crying? Oh, does my husband need me? You, the self really need to discipline your mind and see the mind as being like a naughty child and just mm. go no mind you are going to meditate for five to ten minutes and what happens is that that strengthens the mind the mind is a bit like a muscle and when it's weak it just takes over but through the regular practice of meditation it becomes stronger and so it becomes more disciplined and then in that way you the self are able to direct it for a higher cause in life for a higher purpose in life and there's also different challenges because change, like actual change within, is hard. It's and uncomfortable. A, it's uncomfortable, right? Yeah. And a lot of people run away from it. And they may turn on the television or, you know, t- have a drink or something in order to run away from what's going on inside themselves. Mm. And, and really applying wisdom in your life, like I'll give you an example that we can all relate to, is that, okay... You say something to me that pisses me off Mm. and it hurts my feelings or something. I have a choice how I'm going to react. That anger is going to come up and it's going to come into my mind. I can either just step back straight away and just see it for what it is. It's the emotion of anger. I'm not going to act on it. Or if I just let myself go and just let myself come under that influence of anger, I will end up saying things to you that are going to be just as hurtful, if not more hurtful. And I'm going to regret it. So that's one challenge is not reacting. The second challenge is forgiveness. Mm. And forgiveness is not that easy for people. To actually really let go of something that you're harboring in your heart and truly forgive, even if that person hasn't even asked you for forgiveness. Mm. Because these different qualities, we're trying to create, uh, sorry, cultivate these different qualities of patience and tolerance and forgiveness and actual care and love for others. It can be a challenge, but the more we cultivate it, the more that we experience that inner freedom, you know, that just that, that natural, our natural state actually, you know? Yeah. 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 And before we wrap up, what are your book recommendations? Just um, yeah, book sure. recommendations on the top of your head that we could share with our listeners to yeah, get nice. some more insights. The Bhagavad Gita, as it is. There's many different versions of the Bhagavad Gita. Mm, yeah, what's um, with that? Why? How can there be so many versions of a sacred text? Like yeah, Bhagavad because Gita? some of them are written by scholars who may be very scholarly and mm-hmm. intellectual, but they may not have the spiritual vision to actually translate that message um, properly, have the full spiritual insight to translate that spiritual message properly. Um so, so the version that you would recommend... Would recommend, can I give you the details? Because I, I need to look at the book and see. It's a certain date that it's published, and I can't remember off oh, wow, the top okay. of my head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, after that particular date, it's been edited a lot, unfortunately. Okay. That's a really nice book. It is in-depth, but it's not a book that you just sit down and just read back to front and go, yep, cool, done that one, what's <laughs> next? Yeah. It's something that you just really take your time with. And you just read one page or maybe one or two quotes and just contemplate on it a little bit. Okay. And then go back to it and just try to read it regularly. And you can read it 
again and again and again. It's like a life book mm. that you could read for the rest of your life. Um, a really nice website to go to is wisdom.yoga. And on there, um, there's many different audio and video lectures, many wonderful things to read, um, kirtan meditation and guided meditations that you can download all free of charge. So that's a really nice place to get started. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a wealth of knowledge out there. Last time you told me about that, I had a look. Did you have a yeah, look? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's really so cool. Hey? So much information. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so okay yeah. well thank you thank, thank you so you much for, for this opportunity this. it's been very nice yeah it's been so beautiful just <sighs> and, and you know you've just spoken from the heart and really shared some really insightful beautiful content with oh, us thank so you. thank I hope you so. yeah. yeah thank oh, you and i, I hope yeah. and think that this will help a lot of people oh good planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.